0: Welcome to Brainstuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brainstuff, it's Christian Sager. After President Trump referred to Kim Jong Un as rocket man during a speech at the United Nations, the North Korean Supreme Leader issued a statement referring to Trump as a quote, mentally deranged U.S. dotard. According to reports, North Korea's communications team has been known to actually use out-of-date English-Korean dictionaries for translation. So maybe there's something to the 45th American president's claims that he has the best words. Regardless, if nothing else comes out of this latest incident, at least the word dotard is having a moment. Here's what it means, as well as a few more insulting terms that have gone the way of the dodo, but that we're hoping at some point will enjoy their own renaissance. So Kim Jong-un called Donald Trump a dotard. What is that exactly? The term goes back to the 1300s and means someone who's in his or her dotage, which, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is, quote, a state or period of senile decay marked by decline of mental poise and alertness. In recent years, dotard has primarily shown up in writing about the arts. Have you ever met someone who sticks to their ways despite being shown better or more correct approaches? Perhaps you've got that relative who just prefers not to use smartphone shortcuts or hotkey combinations on their laptop. Congrats. You are related to a mumpsimus, Miriam Webster suggests that the etymology of mumpsimus goes back to an illiterate priest who mistakenly used the term in place of the Latin word sumpsimus, which means "we have taken." He did this during a mass. Ritual, but refused to correct himself even after the error was pointed out. Now, everyone's got that pedantic friend who only interrupts or chimes in to correct another person. You may call them nitpicky know it alls who live to contradict with an irritating, well, technically, or just plain old mansplainers, but why not call them a snout band? That is the forgotten old English insult, and that's what it means snout band. The medlar, however, is a type of hard-skinned fruit with a gaping open apex, and the only time it's soft enough to eat is when it's on the verge of going bad, so it was often associated with rottenness and showed up in insulting references to prostitution, genitals, and rear ends. In post-Renaissance England, medlars were often called open arses due to their appearance, making for plenty of wordplay and insult potential in poems and plays. Shakespeare in particular enjoyed the medlar, using the word as a pun on medler in Timon of Athens and for some of Mercutio's teasing of Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. Jokes about medlars appeared even earlier than that, though, popping up in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales in the late 14th century. But what do you call someone who, shrewd and cunning as they may be, seems to be motivated by no principles whatsoever, especially if that someone is in politics? Well, snollygoster is the term you're looking for, popularized in the 1890s by the Georgia politician Colonel H.J.W. Ham, The term goes back at least... A half decade more than that. An 1895 Ohio newspaper defined it thusly, quote, A Snollygoster is a fellow who wants office, regardless of party, platform, or principles, and who, whenever he wins, gets there by the sheer amount of monumental, talknifical assumency. Whew. Snolly disappeared for much of the 20th century, but enjoyed a brief resurgence during President Harry S. Truman's 1952 re-election campaign when he used the term in reference to other candidates. And here's our last one. You want to insult someone's cooking? Call that plate in front of you a slum gullion. The word's gone through some changes over its lifespan, but today it means an unappetizing or cheaply made stew. In 1851's Moby Dick, Herman Melville used the phrase Slobgolian to refer to the waste from processing whale carcasses. And the word slumgullion shows up that same decade in miners diaries, describing a slurry leftover from mining gold. In 1872, when Mark Twain used the word in his semi-autobiographical book, roughing it, he was using it to refer to a disgusting beverage, and within two decades, it was used to refer to muddy-looking stews. Today's episode was written by Christopher Hasiotis, produced by Tristan McNeil, and for more on this and other topics, please visit us at HowStuffWorks.com.